Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Bush Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... Give her a round of applause, Marissa Patterson. Um, It was a Thursday when my mom went to the hospital for the first time. She had driven herself there after being at work and throwing up in the bathroom. When I got to the emergency room, I am the only child, uh, and the rest of my immediate family was already there. My mom, at the time, we didn't realize uh, that her liver was failing. My mom has stage four breast cancer. It's in her breasts, her bone, her liver, and her brain. My mom decided that this was the point in time where she wanted to have an end-of-life planning conversation. Uh, In the room was my immediate family, my uncle, my grandfather, my stepfather, and myself. My mom when she was done letting us know what she wanted us to do with her body, what clothes she wanted to wear in her casket, where she wanted to be buried, which is next to my grandmother. All of the men in my family retreated into their own separate corners to cope. And when it was just me and my mom in the room, room 18, alone, She turned to me and said, Marissa, you've got to be the strong one. Your grandfather, your stepfather, your uncle, they can't do it. It's got to be you. And I put my head down and solemnly wept. Um, When she said that I was going to be the strong one, I, at the time, uh, didn't realize what that meant. I came to learn that the strong one was the one who confirmed what my mom's diet was, uh, the one who created all of her doctor's appointments and attended them, the person who would be my mom's power of attorney, and uh, the person who would manage all of her finances. And I've actually been in a very similar role to that one before. In 2011, I graduated from college and I moved to DC where I was an IT consultant. For five years, I lived and worked in the area and found a boyfriend, the love of my life, who was employment intolerant. And I felt a very strong need to protect this person. He was a smart guy. He was nice, just down on his luck. I felt the strong need for it to be me, to be his security. We did that together for uh, five years. And I went out and worked every day. And at night, we would 
uh, be home and find solace in our dreams together. I isolated myself for this person, away from my family and friends, because I wanted it to work in a real way. I remember one night, one morning in particular, I am at the bottom of my closet, laying there having a panic attack because I have to be at work soon and I have nothing to wear. I have been so anxious that I haven't done laundry in weeks. And it's at this point that I'm contemplating pulling dirty clothes out of my hamper. And so I subsequently sobbed at that thought for a very long time. This uh, was not a solo occurrence. And when my primary care physician prescribed to me antipsychotics, I realized that it was time to move back home. And I'm from Virginia Beach originally, but my parents have moved to Norfolk. That is where we reside now. Three days before Christmas in 2015, I moved back home. I spent a lot of time in pajamas and upset with myself for having nothing to do. I spent every day at home at my parents' house. I didn't have any phone calls to make to clients like I used to. I didn't have any meetings that I needed to rush off to. I didn't have any actions to delegate to anybody. Uh, I also created the entire budget for the group that I was working for so that there was a million and a half dollars that somebody else was managing and not me anymore. And that saddened me greatly to have nothing to do. And my parents watched this. I actually live with my parents and my grandfather. They watched this, and about a few months in, my parents came to me and said, Marissa, we prayed so hard that you would come home. And I thought, they prayed for my failure. They prayed for my misery. Holy fuck, why am I in this family? (laughs) These are a bunch of really super fucked up people. And so I resolved right then, we need therapy. This is, there's nothing, we do not pass go. We will not collect $200. We will go straight to therapy. I pleaded for months and finally my mom acquiesced. Uh, But just the two of us went to go meet Dr. Maddie. And I should have known when I first met Dr. Maddie that she would change my life because she just had this aura of excellence around her. And when I met her, I was still not wearing regular clothes every day. And I felt like much less just being in her presence, just standing next to her. It was in family therapy that we learned that my people-pleasing and my perfectionism were the effects of being a replacement child to my mom's sister who committed suicide 10 months before I was born. The doctor 
instructed my mom to apologize to me for putting an unnecessary and undue and inappropriate amount uh, of expectation on a child to continue the dream of another child who had been in the family. My mom apologized and I forgave her almost instantly. And then the doctor turned to me and said, Marissa, you can now chart your own course. You're free. And it, that takes me back to being in the hospital with my mom, my head still down. But I realized that there was no better person for this position to be here with my mom. When my parents and my mom in particular prayed for me to return home, they weren't praying for my destruction, but for my healing. And I can only pray that through my healing, my mom can discover her own. Thank you. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org. We will find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.